the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. Welcome to the QTB podcast. My name is Nick, and I am joined by the one, the only. If he were a pre-order, he'd be the digital deluxe edition that comes with the beard and hat. Please welcome QTB's Brad. What's going on, man? Nick, it's another great night. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you, our audience, for the wonderful welcome. It's always good to see you. It's always good to hear the applause. Uh, you know, it's it's another great week. I mean, we're here. We're going to be talking about gaming. I mean, what could be better, right? I know what's better. We've what? got another special guest. We do have a special guest. I see him over there, and this is a, we've had him here before, but not in video form, okay? So right. the, this, this jean jacket thing going on here, I'm loving it. Haven't seen it before from <laughs> Premium Edition Games. Please welcome Barry Carenza. What's up, Barry? Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a vest. Yeah. yeah it's not a, not a full jacket. It's a vest. But yeah. <laughs> Even better. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Bringing it back. Old school. <laughs> definitely the, i see the got some patches edition, on there uh, I was patch, say, yeah. yeah yeah these are our, mm-hmm. our challenge patches you know wear them with pride you have to earn them so might as well show yeah. them off i see super blood hockey on there that's a good game yeah awesome p got some demons tier got some robot named fight down there <laughs> that's incredible awesome. man that that's a that's a piece of uh that's that, that's a fine piece of the collection yeah it's a very special piece to me because i had to earn these <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and we'll be getting into that a little bit later with uh, with your Series 4 releases. Uh, and we got some great uh, news to get into, so let's go ahead and do that now. But of course, first, we have to say thank you to today's sponsor, and that is going to be our friends over at Belkin. Now listen, you know, we have, uh, whether you'll be listening to the QTB podcast or your favorite music on the go, a quality pair of wireless earbuds are a must these days, and Belkin has the perfect deal for you. Right now, you can save on all wireless earbuds now through May 22nd by using Sound20 at checkout. That's right, 25, 20% off even their high-end Soundform Rise True Wireless Earbuds. That feature two microphones in each ear for maximum call quality IPX5 water resistance. Don't even know what that is. It sounds important. And a seven-hour charge outside of the case. These earbuds offer incredible sound quality and comfort at an even more incredible price. And they're taking another 20% hit when you use Sound20 at checkout. Use our affiliate link in the description to shop qualifying products and hear what you've been missing with Falcon. You like that? You like our new... uh... Our little Jim Jam here. Bruno, I got a soundboard. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying I'm rocking out to this. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. Going to sell some products. And how can can that not be a great collab? Quit the build, Belkin, 20% off. Use the link. Check out. Get some sweet new swag, some sweet new uh, items to fill out your portfolio from Belkin. It's a great opportunity. How can you not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am going to show you here real quick because... Uh, you can only get this exclusive deals page when you use our link. It won't show up any other way. And there you go. You can see all the all the products that qualify, even some of their charging cables. You can get the 20% off. And this is the price before that. So, yeah, definitely check them out. And thanks, as always, to our friends at Belkin. Well, yeah, our, our first big story for today. And this one is coming from uh, Video Games Chronicle. Dot com talking about uh, Phil Spencer's response to a, kind of a I would say a, a very concerning issue uh, that is happening right now with uh, with Xbox first party games and essentially what this article is talking about is how uh, we now know that both Starfield and Redfall 
have been delayed this year to the first half of 2023, which has really caused some big problems for the the, the first party lineup for Xbox, you know, now in 2022. Uh, Phil Spencer did uh, uh, issue a release saying that he acknowledged fans are eager for more first party games. Um, and stating, of course, they need to give these studios the time to create quality products. But you have to figure, you know, with with all of the news that it's been in the last year of Microsoft acquires this, Microsoft acquires that, that there would be something else coming down the pipeline that we wouldn't have to rely on these very sparse titles to get us through 2022, especially since 2021 was already the the year of the delay. Right, Brad? You know, I have to laugh if they just ran out of budget. You know, they spent all their money, their budget money this year on acquisitions and not for their the development, studios for development, right? They just, they're out of cash in 2022 already, and it's not even June, right? But <laughs> but you wonder, right? It, it, it's the We've debated this several times on the podcast, right? What is the right balance of product release strategy? Is there enough, do you give studios and, and these companies enough time to roll out quality products or is there this time urgency to constantly have releases in the pipeline that satisfy your audience and what is that striking that right balance and it seems xbox was and microsoft was putting themselves in a position to have several releases this year and now all these first party games have these open-ended or no defined release dates and you're wondering what changed what what changed in the strategy what went wrong or what's are they not telling us something that they we don't know about these delays and these developments? So, you know, I wonder, uh, are we going to see, is 2023 going to be a banger year for games for, for Xbox? I don't know. But we know that at least for right now, the latter half of 2022 is going to be pretty, pretty bare. Yeah, it seems that way. You know, Barry, I'm looking at this list of just all the things that uh, that Xbox has acquired uh, in a pretty rapid span of time. I think back in 2017, it was 343 and one other studio. Does this news surprise you that 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 these two big games are being delayed? And, you know, what do you think the game plan needs to be for Xbox in the next six months to a year? I honestly think when when I when I heard the delay, it didn't bother me. And when I heard the outcry about the delay, I was actually shocked. Uh, and maybe that's because my perspective is on all, like all the consoles, all big three. Um, but just looking at this year, what's focus on 2022, Nintendo just released a very big delay with Breath of the Wild 2. Big delay. And, yep. you know, Metroid Prime 4, obviously, we have no idea what's going on. But how did they counter that? You know, Splatoon 3 also seemed to have a delay. So they moved Splatoon 3 back. They moved Xenoblade Chronicles 3 up to fill the spot. They still have advanced wars in limbo because of the, the situations overseas. We don't know right. when that's coming out, but they're making it work. And they don't have 120 billion studios like Microsoft. <laughs> um, you know, when, when obviously people want to play Breath of the Wild 2. But they understand, hey, it's being delayed. That means I'm going to get a better product. It's worth waiting for. And when I saw the delay for Starfield, I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm going to get Starfield. But I'd rather them be delayed so the developers aren't rushed and push out a broken product. Like, look at Cyberpunk, right? We all saw it. Pushing out a broken product is worse in the grand scheme of things than delaying a project and having it be mind-blowing. So where are the other studios that Microsoft acquired? What are they doing? I'd love to know that. I want to know what Rare is doing. Like, I've been waiting for, you know, Banjo. I've been waiting for Conker. I've been waiting for Classic Rare to come back. I've been waiting since 2001. <laughs> so yeah. I've been waiting a long time for this, and they still mm-hmm. haven't shown up. What is? What are the other studios doing? You have Obsidian. You got Double Fine. You got all these great studios. 
Um, Ninja Theory, I, I'd love to see what they're doing, but I honestly... Like, let's, let's put worst-case scenario here, right? Let's say Microsoft has no more first-party games for the rest of this year. Halo is it. Now, I doubt that's true. I'm sure there's going to be a Forza or something like that. But worst case, that's it. Do I think that's red flag? Oh, my God. No. You know why? Because there's so many games every week. There are so many games. Look at the indies. Take this time to look at the indies. Take this time to look at all the games. Maybe in your backlog. Like, we all have backlogs, right? We don't have enough time to play all these games. Play some of those. Enjoy those. Take a look, because I'm sure you're going to find your next favorite game without even realizing it. And that's only if you're an Xbox-only gamer. If you're not an Xbox-only gamer, you have a PlayStation, you have a Switch, then there really is no issue. Because if you're not (laughs) playing Microsoft, okay, then play PlayStation. Play Nintendo. There are going to be great games coming out the the second half of this year. You got God of War coming out. You, like I said, Xenoblade. You got Splatoon. You've got the titles that we don't even know about because E3 June hasn't happened yet, and most most uh, companies will announce their second half around June. So there's you know Bayonetta 3 is probably coming out second half. Like it's big games, and there's still yeah. probably stuff we have no idea. Uh, is in the pipeline, and they're just going to surprise us. There's supposed to be a Horizon VR and PlayStation 5 VR coming. That could be cool. So I think this is this can only be an issue if you are an Xbox-only gamer and you only play first-party Xbox games. Like you don't, you ignore the indies. You don't have Game Pass. You don't. Then sure, then I can see you having a really bummer end of the year. But if you play mm-hmm. other games, if you have other systems, you know what? I say don't these are developers, right? These are humans. Let them work. Don't rush it. Don't make another cyberpunk. Don't put out a game and say, "Oh, we need a day one patch just to make it work." Let them put out a game, let them put out an amazing game, take their time. And so we all go, "Oh my god, next year game of the year is Breath of the Wild 2 or Starfield." Oh, what a tough decision as opposed to, "Well, Breath of the Wild 2 was delayed and did well and Starfield was rushed out and is cyberpunk you know, part two. It's a no-brainer. I'd rather there be, you know, a, a good series of amazing titles that everyone's debating what's truly better, but you're you're arguing between a 10 and a 9.9 as opposed to, you know, a fanboy that's like, oh, my game is better even though it's a 4.8. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like right. let these developers have some time. Well, you yeah. raised two really good points. One, Game Pass should be a way just for even just Xbox owners to fill their time and to fill their back catalog. But two, you raised a good point that I wonder, you know, I think most people have more than one console, more than one platform. Nick, you're one of those, right? You have several platforms at your disposal. You've got an Xbox, you've got a Switch, you've got Stadia. How are you going to be treating the, the rest of the half of the year if Xbox doesn't have any of these releases coming out? Well, you know, where, where are you pivoting to? It's like Barry said, I've got a million things to play. I mean, the backlog is, is never ending. It's, it's, a, it's a very much a, a problem that is a, kind of a symptom of these recent generations of games where, like, you know, at any given moment, you're $10, $15 away from having access to uh, a, a concerningly large backlog of games that you're never going to be able to get to. And it really has been, you know, the last two years, I think, especially, really have, have been kind of the rise of the indies because they've been able to uh, step up and, and meet that need in between these big releases. You know, yeah, Dev Crunch and Game Crunch culture is is more prevalent now than it ever has been. 
And we have to respect these game cycles. Absolutely. You know, four or five years minimum to make a decent game. I think Elden Ring, in the midst of all of this, sent a very clear message to the gaming industry, which is, yes, you can release a day one uh, you know, game that is a little ahead of schedule, keeps your shareholders happy, keeps your publisher happy. But look at what can happen to you financially and critically when you release a game that on day one is essentially a finished an unbroken product, right? Um, you know, they, they continue to smash sales numbers there with, with Elden Ring. So I think a lot of uh, game developers should be looking at that and publishers and saying, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's pump the brakes because, good Lord, Bethesda, if there's one thing they're known for is a, is a day one launch disaster, you know, <laughs> uh, really what, what Elder Scrolls game hasn't released in just a hot mess state and, of course, Fallout and Fallout 76 um, becoming notorious for that. We really need to see, um, especially their upcoming games, really have uh, something special that's going to, you know, day one is going to get people excited, especially when you're talking about a brand new IP, which Bethesda hasn't touched uh, in, a, in a very long time. Yeah, that, that's kind of where it is for me is, yeah, I've got tons of other things I'm going to be playing. So, so you brought up a really interesting point about dev crunch culture and all of that, and it's been the last couple of years. Are there certain franchises or games or, you know, anything, Barry, you can think of that's contributed to this cycle crunch, dev crunch, you know, in terms of expectations of games coming out so quickly every year? I mean, I feel like there's certain franchises that we can kind of call out and say, man, every year they're coming out with a new version or a new release and they've, you know, they rotate developers and, but the, the brand still exists every year. Right. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And I think, <laughs> I think outside the obvious sports games, uh, the biggest culprit of that is call of duty uh, hands down. Like there's, there's no question mm -hmm. call of duty, I think has done the most harm to this industry as a whole. Um, in multiple ways. One, it put dev crunch on developers and they had to make, I think there's three studios now doing it in a three-year cycle. Um, and people have started to see diminishing returns on it, right? The last few Call of Duties were not very well received. Uh, that's one. Two, it created this boom for first-person shooters, which is great if you love first-person shooters, until every game released is a grayscale first-person shooter. And it's like, all right, there's a thousand of these now. What makes yours so special? Um, and I think... When you look at Call of Duty sales numbers, right, they sell like 18 million units. And then you take a company like Square Enix, who looks at that and goes, oh, well, Tomb Raider only sold 4 million. That's a failure. And you go, that's 4 million. How is that a failure? You're, you're mm -hmm. profitable. Why, why are you saying that's a failure? And that, that I believe, was one of the reasons they, they led to selling their Western games. And it's to me, it's, it's astonishing that there is even this culture like you would think that the gamers overall would be more appreciated uh, or appreciative of the developers because most developers now like in 2022 started off as gamers right it's not the 80s anymore where it's a pioneer thing and brand new or even the 90s most most developers now started off playing video games loving video games they know what it's like and they just want to deliver the best product. I don't care what game is out there. Even if a game that's terrible, those developers didn't go, we're going to make the worst game ever. They're set out to make the best game they could make. And even though some are, are downright terrible, um, you got to give them props for trying. And you, you mentioned, you know, Backlog. I think if you look at just this year, we've had some pillar titles. Like, I'm just getting to Elden Ring now, and I'm loving it. But I'm just getting to it now. Why? Yeah. Because we had Kirby. We had Horizon Forbidden West. We had Rune Factory 5. You know, there's, every week there's been these games that just come out and come out, and everyone has different tastes. But there's been some bangers already, and it's only May. 
we, we haven't even hit the June presentations yet. We're not halfway through the year. So if, if, you, if the average person, if you play a game a month, there's already some stellar games for you to play. If you play more than that, then go to the indies. If you only have time to play, you know, a couple hours a, a day or even a week, uh, you know, games like Horizon, Elden Ring, they, they could they could take you the rest of the year. <laughs> so yeah, I really easily. don't think it's as big of an issue as people make it out to be. I think a lot of these people are just, you know, they're vocal. They're upset, which is understandable. Maybe they were looking forward to these games, and they're just vocal, and they're the sky is falling to them. But they're a minority. There's The rest of, you know, gamers are, there's so much to play. And I guarantee you, if you go to Game Pass, if you go to the eShop, if you go to the PlayStation Store, you're going to find a title that you've never heard of. You're going to watch a trailer and go, that looks great. Let, let, me, let me give this a shot. And you'll probably find something that will really fit your needs. The indies are killing it. <laughs> they are killing it right now. And especially that they're finding homes on places like Game Pass that really give them some visibility that they simply wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, and yeah, I mean, all again, great points across the board there, Barry. You know, um, one of the uh, perks of, uh, of following us live here on the QTB podcast when we stream on YouTube, which is on Tuesdays at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, by the way, is uh, you get to join the conversation. We bring in some uh, some viewer comments, um, and uh, Dudas Monk saying it just works. Of course, if there's one thing you're going to quote from Todd Howard. It just works, <laughs> and hopefully he can say that. Speaking of which, you know, we do have the uh, the Xbox and Bethesda showcase coming up on June 12th, and I think this may be where the damage control comes into play because now they're going to be able to give you a lot more information about games like Starfield, and there's been very sparse. You know, we, we still haven't seen a whole lot there. Hopefully they can follow that up with some kind of concrete release date, not just a Q2, Q3 thing. I think that's going to help generate some hype as well, or even offer access to some kind of early you know, program. Or, uh, you know, they, they, Bethesda loves to do that, of, hey, come, come break our game for us. We'll see what happens, and that's a, that's a joint Xbox and Bethesda presentation. So I think there's going to be something exciting in the works. They know this is their weakness, uh, and they are very good at, at recognizing that and responding to it in a quick way, and I think that's going to be their way of doing it. Uh, as you pointed out, Barry, with the absence of E3, everyone can kind of just go their own way, but everybody is still kind of, kind of gathering around that June month. Um, so I think it's going to be a very interesting summer, and yeah, there's games to play. I got to say, though, I got to give them a little bit of credit. At least they're acknowledging it. At least they're coming out and putting out some type of press release, a statement. Phil Spencer came out, gave a statement. I appreciate the transparency, right, to be honest. Like, other companies tend to go internal and, and stay mum or stay quiet until they have a fully baked or, you know, thought out, like, you know, marketing and strategic response approach where this is just honesty. And I appreciate it's kind of refreshing, at least for me to at least get some honest take and say, hey, we want them to be good. And we're going to we're going to take some time, you know, and, and that's I don't know. It's kind of like a, a breath of fresh air to at least compared to what's been going on lately. So, yeah, I, I agree. I it's it's the whole don't shoot the messenger. Right. Phil had to get out there and had to make this announcement that he knew was going to upset people. Um, and transparency is rare, but but there's more companies that are doing this. And anytime they go out and do this, it should be applauded. You know, I'm sure announcing that Metroid Prime 4 was being scrapped and had to restart was a very hard message to give, period, yeah. end of discussion. There are a lot of people looking forward to that game. Announcing mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed for another year. That That's like putting out to the fire squad. But 
the response that I've seen has been positive overall. Like I said, this was the first time I saw some real negativity and, and people upset about it, you know, a delay in this regard. Um, because sometimes delays are for the better. And I don't know, I, I would rather my first experience with any game be a pleasant one where I go, wow, this game was amazing versus, oh, like, like a pure example here that I think most people will remember, No Man's Sky. I was so hyped for No Man's Sky. I got that day one. I played it. I was like, this game is not for me. I'm having a terrible time. All that hype. <laughs> I was built up and let down. And now I've yeah. heard that the game is fantastic. It's you know reborn. But yeah. I, that ship for me has sailed. Like That's mm -hmm. me personally, and I know other people feel the same way. You know, Final Fantasy XIV came out and was hot garbage, and they rebranded it. Now it's Square Enix's best game out there. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but it takes mm -hmm. a lot to win people back. It's, it's very easy to make a first impression. People are already excited. But if it's a bad first expression, uh, you know, impression, you're going to have a real hard time to say, oh, no, no, we fixed it. Please come back. They've moved on. But if you make a really good first impression, they're going to recommend that to their friends. Now you're going to get more sales. So it's absolutely worth delaying uh, to make a better product. You got it. Yeah. Again, well said. Barry, you know, you got this under control. It's almost like you have your own <laughs> podcast or something. <laughs> it's almost like I, I do love this. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, you know, we will, we will see. And yeah, we've got so many gaming options right now. I mean, I, I've still got, if, if I'm being honest with myself, probably a solid 30, 40 games, many of which are AAA that I need to get to. But I'll tell you one place where there won't be delays, Brad, and that is going to be our Patreon. Absolutely. Thank you, as always, to our Patreon supporters, like our QTB and Fuego supporters at the Capture Productions and Matt.bat, and our QTB Plus supporters, Nick Nick, the Dudist Monk, Indie Gamiacs, Alan Abadessa, Mr. Grove Games, and the Intergalactic Pinecone, and Fluffy Bunny as well. If you would like a shout-out on each and every episode, including access to our QTB Nostalgia Ball, Brad, you and I just talked about the glory days of 90s McDonald's, branded ashtrays and all. Good times. <laughs> love, I love sitting my butt down on a burger. A, seat, a burger that's a seat. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you can tier start as low as $2 per month. So stop on by uh, patreon.com slash quit the build. And oh, by the way, I got to just say this right now. We got to give a huge shout out to Epic Capture Productions. So I can't bring it in here because it would take up too much space. Um, but, you know, many people know our channel for the Kirby Ball saga, the viral videos we've been putting out. And uh, sure enough, I get a package uh, from Epic Capture Productions. And I didn't know. He, he said he was sending me something. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and I, I opened this thing up. I wish I would have done a live reaction video to it. He got me one of the Kirby balls from Target, one of the slipcovers. And it was like in pristine, it's in like pristine condition. So I'm going to post some pictures to Twitter and all that. And it, um, came, with the, it came with the instructions from Target, too. Like with on how the to... Target instruction manual yeah. for like how to install it. So I purchased like an exercise ball that fits the size of the slipcover. So I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's going to be, it's going to be part of my life. So Epic Capture Productions, you are a legend. Now I did say in the, in the lore, you know, the official Kirby Ball Saga lore, that Dale, AKA King DDD, uh, did uh, provide me with, with that ball. Have you been keeping up on the Kirby Ball Saga, Barry? It's, it's a real tear, it's a, it's a tearjerker for the <laughs> no, ages. No, I honestly haven't, but I will, I will admit <laughs> that when you announced that you got this, in my head, I'm picturing him walking up to Target to one of the big red balls with the thing, and just like lifting it up and sending it to you in the mail <laughs> until you said like, oh, it came, you know, with the instructions. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes yeah. more sense. But in my head canon, it was kind of funnier. <laughs> 
you know, not the uh, not the bollard for sure. That is very heavy. But uh, many people were trying to steal the the, the covers, not me. I said, I'm not going to do it the right way. So <laughs> finally got well, one. So yeah, Epic Capture Productions, big shout out. The saga is complete. We have been, you've been uh, connected with a Kirby ball and, uh, and the, the TikTok universe is happy for you. So that's right. Epic Capture says, I'm cool with being known as Dale for a while. Good. Hey. Cause yeah, that's who you are now. <laughs> exactly. I tagged you on TikTok. It's all over. Oh, man. Well, getting to our next story here, guys, and this one is coming from TechCrunch.com. This one talking about uh, kind of the opposite, right? Whereas, uh, you know, we've been having some issues with the delays on the uh, the Microsoft side. Uh, Sony kind of had some good timing with announcing their PlayStation Plus game uh, lineup and revealing their list of games that will be available on day one. So we're seeing here, um, of course, for those that may forget the three-tier system there, um, there is that $9.99 per month tier. That is the essential tier that comes with essentially what PlayStation Plus is today. That's what you're getting when you subscribe uh, to that when it launches next month. But then they have the $14.99 per t- a month uh, tier. That essentially is that, uh, that, that competitor to Game Pass Ultimate that gives you access to a large library of games. Now, they also reveal not only the games for that tier, but their, uh, their premium tier as well that lets you play some of that, uh, the back catalog and retro, even PSP or even uh, PS1 games as well. And I have to say, you know, looking at this list so far, I'm as someone that is not really in the PlayStation ecosystem, if I were ever were to be, this would probably be a day one purchase for me because a lot of these games really cover what what uh, Sony has been up to on the exclusive side, um, with the exception of the last couple of years with this generation, uh, pretty much everything prior to that. I mean, I'm looking at, uh, my goodness, Alienation, Days Gone, Demon's Souls is on there, the PS5 uh, exclusive, um, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, director's cut. I mean, the list goes on and on. Even some of their older exclusive uh, titles, like Little Big Planet Three. Then you go down to what they have on the uh, on the retro side, and this is a very impressive early lineup. Not a big one, but we've got Ape Escape. We've got Hot Shots Golf. They're uh, Mr. Driller. They're looking at a lot of those classic games that really got people excited about the PlayStation. Heck, even Jumping Flash, which is a very underrated uh, title that didn't get a lot of play. Tekken uh, Two's States. on there. I mean, Tekken 2, come on. Yeah, that's a, that one's a big deal by itself. I mean, Brad, what's your immediate take looking at this list, knowing that this, uh, this service is less than a month away? I feel like for as much flack and, and grief that, you know, we and others have given the ambiguity of these tiers for PlayStation and their pseudo Game Pass that's coming out here, you know, a la Game Pass on PlayStation coming out, this is the first time I can say that you're seeing some granularity and some texture to what they're really bringing to you and the value. And, and I think it's going to have, it's going to stick a bit more than I think people were expecting to, because PlayStation fans are loyal and they're going to want to support, you know, their console and then and, and their business. And this is enough to, I think for a lot of fans to get you to commit to at least the mid tier, if not the bat, the, the top premium to get all of the PS3 exclusives and, and titles as well. So, yep. you know, I, I think you're right. It, it's not comprehensive, but it's strategically well um, articulated at this point to get people to jump on board and they can just roll out additional content over the next six months to a year. What do you think, Barry? You know, it's not a bad list. I know some of the stuff is on like the PlayStation Classic um, as well. And, and uh, obviously the PlayStation Now. Uh, I think what it boils down to is how do these game per- games perform? Like, you're talking, 
you know, PlayStation 3, you're talking PSP, you're talking systems that aren't customarily thrown out there, right? They're, they're hard to emulate. The PS3 is not backwards compatible because it's a different chipset. Um, it really depends on that, um, first and foremost. If they perform terribly and they don't do anything about it, um, that's a bad thing. I'm look at look at Nintendo. They had you know people were criticizing the Ocarina of Time water and stuff like that, and they fixed it. They addressed it. Is it perfect? No, but at least they're addressing it. But you have to look at the cost. How does it compare to Game Pass? How does it compare to NSO with the expansion pass? And what's the value there? And I think if you're a PlayStation nut, you've probably played most of these games. So if you want to revisit them, is it worth it? Sure, if you don't have your old hardware. If you you know, haven't played these games before, it's absolutely worth it. Again, we're talking about, oh, no big titles for the second half for Xbox. Well, maybe you can go into these games, you know. A, a game you've never played before is brand new. Whether it be, you know, a year old or, or 20 years old, it doesn't matter. It's a brand new game, brand new experience. And getting more people access to the older games is always, always a positive thing. It just depends on how they do it. And if people feel the price is justified. You know, when, when NSO Expansion Pass came out, a lot of people didn't feel it was worth the, the upgrade. Now, Nintendo listened. They're adding things, and they're constantly adding things, and there's rumors for more. Um, and soon it will be, uh, you know, justifiable for anybody. Uh, and it might be justifiable for you now. Uh, the same with this system. You might look at it and go, ah, you know what? I'm fine with my PlayStation Plus. And then... You know, they announce, oh, this game's coming, this game's coming, and you're like, oh, now this is worth me jumping in on. And I don't think you should be scared about it. I think you should look openly and say, is this something I really want to play? But don't just blind buy and then never touch the stuff. Because then you're just giving Sony extra money for no reason. Like, use that money to buy another title, an indie, something that you're going to enjoy. Um, you know, unfortunately, blind fan loyalty is a thing. And there will be people that will buy it, no matter what, if it has Sony's logo or Nintendo's or Microsoft's. Um, but really, you know, go for what you enjoy. And yeah. like you mentioned, like Demon Souls is on there, the PlayStation 5. Is it worth the subscription for? Maybe. But you could also probably go to GameStop and probably find it for, you know, 15 bucks or whatever pre-owned. And then you own it and you can do whatever you want with it. If that's the one game, for let's say, that's pulling you towards it, is it worth doing? Would you rather just buy the game? Um, I think this is more of a service for the stuff that can't be played on the system normally, PS3, PSP, uh, because there's a lot of great games that people unfortunately missed out on. But it all depends on what, what tickles your fancy, really. So that lends itself then to you have to go for that upper tier, that top tier, right, Nick? And what, what, what's the pricing like? I forget, can you remind us what the pricing tiers were or the structure was for these? Yeah, so right now, like I said, the, that base tier, right, that essentially is what PlayStation Plus is today, that's $9.99 per month. You get a couple games per month, the access to play the games online, that type of thing. Then they're going to move up to the uh, the PlayStation Plus Extra tier that basically is the pound-for-pound pound, uh, competitor to Game Pass Ultimate. Um, it's going to include a selection of up to 400 uh, PS4 and PS5 games. Um, very, very, very good at launch, I have to say. I, I really wasn't expecting a number that high from them. That's going to cost $14.99 per month. Again, they have the annual tiers that do cost less if you want to bundle it together. 
and then the premium tier, that's where things start to get dicey because you're getting the backwards compatibility to play the PS1, the PS2, and the PSP games, um, and also uh, the PS3 titles as well, like Barry had mentioned, because they um, they just don't emulate well. They really had to probably go out of their way to make it work. Um, and that that's going to cost $18 per month. So for that three extra dollars, you're getting those games, but you're also getting one of the things that I think is the, is the we talked about this before, it's kind of the anti-consumer concept, which is you're paying for demos or to have the right to play a demo, um, essentially requiring you to install the full game uh, based on what we understand about the service so far, and then having a timed uh, a feature in there saying, well, you can play this game for X number of hours before we're going to cut you off, especially when you start thinking about uh, you know how the, the the catalog of PlayStation games tends to be a little more the JRPG or or uh, story narrative heavy. That's not that may not be a whole lot of gameplay, um, and the idea of having to pay a premium price to have access to a demo, I just don't think is going to gel well with people. So that tier is really going to boil down to. Are these retro games going to be worth it? And what I'm seeing right now, based on what's been announced so far, no, it's not. There's not enough games here uh, that really get people interested. I mean, I'm only seeing really a, a dozen or so at, to be uh, at that start. Uh, two games from uh, Worms games from Team 17, like you said, Tekken 2. Uh, I would never touch that premium tier, and I think a lot of people are going to fall in that same boat. They're going to have to re-strategize that uh, at some point here. Uh, some people in chat also uh, chiming in, and I agree with this. Dudist Monk making a great point, which is, where is Parappa the Rapper? Where Where is he at? <laughs> I love me some Parappa. He's not on this list anywhere. If there's one set of retro games I want, it's uh, Parappa the Rapper 1 and 2. Um, he's saying that he will actually buy it on PS5 if uh, if they just uh, put it on this service. So. Well, and, and yeah. Nick, I think the other thing we discussed or that's still in question or in limbo is that there there still won't be day one releases on any of these tiers, right? You'll still have to pay right. the full $70 for these AAA day one releases. So combine that with an $18 top tier for, you know, like you said, for that, what what are you getting? I mean, Barry, what do you think? Are, what, what, what is that top tier really worth it? When I was looking at it, I was looking like if I if I did it, and I'm not doing it. Disclosure, I'm not doing it. Um, if I did it, I would probably go to the middle tier. And when I was talking about it, I saw some people say like, oh, the middle tier is kind of just, it's there as a, as a cushion, but really the top tier is where it's at with the classic games. And I'm thinking, you know, I could see if you have no other way to play them, right? Yeah, those are a great way. You know, I have a PSP, I have a PS3, I'm not going to pay to play games I already own. Um, but I didn't even hear about the demo thing, which is something they did with the PS Now when it launched, which was a terrible system. Uh, and and if that's true, then that makes it honestly hot garbage. Like, why should you pay just to play for a short bit of time? That's stupid. Well, especially if it's like a PS3 game, uh, you know, then you have to say, well, now I'm going to go get a PS3 and play the game. Why don't you just do that? If you're already interested in this game, you, why don't you just go do that? PS3s aren't that expensive. The games are pre-owned. You could probably get them for pretty cheap. Um, save yourself the trouble and own own the product. And you know what? After you beat the game, if you say, that's the only game I wanted to play on PS3, you could sell it, probably make your money back, if not some extra money. And you didn't you didn't pay a subscription service that you're now not playing. Um, I... The day one thing is another factor, and I think Sony got a lot of backlash on it, and I think that's because of Microsoft, right? The the day one with Game Pass is the selling point of Game Pass. If, if it didn't have that, people would be like, ah, maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. People buy Game Pass, the majority of people probably only play a handful of games a year. 
they'll play the Forza, they'll play the, the Halo, they'll play the Gears of War, you know, something like that, and they get it day one, cool, save some money. But for everybody else, what's there? It's there to test games. You know, oh, I'll test the game, and then I'll buy it if I like it. Okay, well, that's kind of what demos are for. <laughs> you know, just if a <laughs> yeah. game has a demo, download the demo and give it a try. Uh, so many games now have demos. We're, we're not in an age where you need to subscribe to a magazine or, you know, you need to go to a, a game store and <laughs> hope for back. a demo. You know? you know, you miss it. Oh, yeah, I miss demo discs. <laughs> I love demo discs. But yeah. now it's just you go to the, the any of the, the online stores and a lot of games have demos. In fact, there's usually a category just for games with demos so you can try them out. Uh, just do that. Save yourself the money and just do that. Yeah, absolutely. So just for the record, we've got Barry Carenza from Premium Edition Games on uh, the premium tier saying, it's hot garbage. Play it for me, announcer Sassy. guy. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I totally get where you're coming from. I, I think it's anti-consumer. I also am not a fan of the fact that just before the, this service went live, they actually uh, removed the ability to stack subscriptions like you can do with Xbox. So they pulled the physical cards from stores so that you can't just go out and buy like two, three, four years and let that convert into their new system, which Xbox actually actively encouraged people to stack. So I, I see little practices like that in advance where you can see, and as, as Bruno has said many times on this podcast about how they are always engineering ways to nickel and dime you and to play the long game to get more out of you in the long run. And they're just, they, they don't, they're not bashful about it. Um, I see those types of things and it always impacts my decision. I'm like, man, you know, uh, if, if you're going to, if you're going to turn the screws like that, do I really want to ever invest, um, in a platform like that? We also have uh, Bruno in the audience right now. Normally, I mean, hi, Bruno. I got a soundboard for you and you're ready for this. He says, I'm going to game pass on this. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well, oh, let, me, let me ask you this then. And this is an interesting question and maybe it's not even, I don't even know if it's, possible but do you feel like developers could re almost kind of revolt and say we don't want to be a part of a game pass we don't want to be a part of the playstation plus essential or plus tier or premium because we feel like you're affecting the reputation of the our quality of our game or the fact that people will want to play it or not play it like i could see there almost being developers who want to stay independent and just have their own releases and not be a part of these you know subscription based you know you know, gaming yeah. Netflix libraries. Right. They had talked about how, and we talked about this on one of the, the past episodes about how, if your game is worth, I think it was like an arbitrary number, like $35 USD or more that you have to provide a, a demo for their premium tier. Um, so I, yeah, I have to wonder like if enough people are just like, no, <laughs> will, will they relent? I mean, they're kind of like Nintendo in that they're set in their ways and it can be kind of hard to persuade them, but I guess, I guess money talks um yeah uh you know time will tell with this we're less than a month away from the launch again so far you know if you're going for that pound for pound 15 dollars per month subscription uh, as long as you're okay with not getting the day one exclusives i mean the library is pretty impressive for someone like me but barry you made a very good point there that if you're someone that's been in the playstation ecosystem you know are you really going to look at these these games and say ah I'm gonna I'm gonna play this kind of game, you know. But at, at the same time, you know, premium edition games. Of course, you're all about those <laughs> those hard copies, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, uh, if you think about it, right? Nintendo launched NSO for twenty dollars a year with NES and SNES, and everyone went crazy. Like this is that's a great deal. Twenty dollars a year. That's not mm -hmm. bad. You're getting these games. That's a cool thing. And they're adding games. Then they added the expansion pass, which was I think an extra thirty dollars, and you got the N64 and Genesis. And people were like. 
No, you know, for, for $30 extra a year, you're talking here with $15 a month. This is 30 for a year. Eh, that's not enough for me. Right. And then they, they've been adding the, the DLC, Animal Crossing and Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart, adding in new games to Genesis and N64. And they, they're hearing you and they're trying to add more value without raising the price, which I got to give them props for. Sony is trying to model Microsoft. They're trying to copy. And while they have a great library, again, don't, don't get me wrong, the library is great. You have to question, will the gamers feel the same way? If, and if they're okay saying, oh, I'm fine with paying $15 a month for these games, then they're kind of being hypocritical by not paying $30 a year for N64 and Genesis games and, and the DLC. I mean, DLC, that's $25 on its own. Um, so it's really kind of funny how people will judge one company more harshly than they'll judge another. And, you know, we see it with all of them. There's, there's people who will judge Nintendo more or PlayStation more or, or you know, Microsoft more. And it's kind of sad because all, all companies should be held to the same standards. And, and what you were talking about with, com- with you know, game companies not wanting to be a part of it, absolutely. All of this stuff is licensing. In fact, again, going back to NSO, Nintendo said like one of the reasons uh, they had to charge the $30 was because of the licenses, because they had to pay Sega. They have to pay all third party. Any third party game on any service, you have to pay them. First party stuff you own, but any third party you have to pay. So, yeah, absolutely, they can say no. Um, and of course, you know, Sony could be like, oh, well, you know what? You're going to miss out on that check. And they could say, I care more about my dignity. Um, and that's just it. it. It really boils down to the backlash. And if Sony cares, look at Microsoft with the DRM of the Xbox One, if anyone remembers that horrible message. Oh, it has to be online. Oh, you you can't rent games or you can't trade games or you you, you have to be connected and, and you, you don't own any game you buy. And, and Sony was just like, here's how to trade games on the PlayStation 4. And Microsoft backpedaled so quickly. That's what we hope to see. You know, Sony has done this. The the Vita and the PS3 stores going down with the PSP. There was backlash. They backpedaled on PS3 and Vita, which is still going to happen. We just don't know when. Yeah. Um. So if fan fan outlash can change things for the better, it could also change things for the worse. So it's a very very powerful act. So we'll see if people universally love it. Sony's not going to change, and you're going to be paying for demos. If people universally hate it they'll change it like they did PlayStation now. And if it's somewhere in the middle, they're probably not going to do anything. There you go. Wow. You know, Barry, I think you know a thing or two about video games, man. You know? Round of applause for Barry. Let's just kick it to Barry every time. I like listening to this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, I'll tell you who knows a thing or two about marketing media, and that's going to be our friends over at Pierce Unlimited for marketing media that works in bespoke design to power your business. Visit PierceUnlimited.com. Bruno, you liking this? I even got the kill sounds. I got it all, man. You know, I'm following in his footsteps, the soundboard master. Just trying to keep up with this guy, Brad. I know, right? I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you know. uh, Oh, by the way, yeah. So, uh, of course, Barry, obviously, you know, you're from Premium Edition Games. We actually gave you a shout-out on um, one of our last QTB speedruns talking about, you know, physical games and the importance of them in the industry because we had that story we just talked about with with Xbox and their their verification validation server, whatever it was, going down and everyone losing access to their digital games. I think... We're in an era now more than ever where people are recognizing the importance of physical copies of games. So, uh, you know, in other words... This is a segue. 
Tell us about what you got going on there <laughs> at Premium Edition Games, man. Series four on the way, right? Yes, uh, that, for, that love the segue. Uh, thank you again for that that <laughs> shout out in the video. That video was awesome. I totally agreed with with all the points made on it. Uh, very well done. Um, but we uh, always appreciate the, the the love for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Premium Edition games what we do is we take digital only titles and we release them physically uh right now we're doing the switch and that could always change to other platforms but uh you know we release our games slowly we release them in, in series and what we like to do is we like to release them as high quality as possible we like to bring things back to yesteryear right like the way games used to be because so many games now uh, you open them up, there's no manual, there's no inlay art, it's just as cheap as possible. Uh, we don't like that. We want to give game developers the attention they deserve. So we launched two years ago with our first series of titles. Uh, you know, we're Now we're on Series 4, so Series 4 is up for pre-order right now at PremiumEditionGames.com until June 10th. And the, the titles we have right now are Wonderling DX, which if you had never played it, this is a it's an auto-run uh, puzzle platformer where you play the equivalent of a Goomba and you're trying to stop the equivalent of Mario. Um, and it is hilarious. And it is, you know, all these different powers. You can jump, you can fly, you can, you know, get speed boosts, dashes. Uh, you could just really have a lot of fun with this. Uh, so we have two versions. We do have the standard and then we have the retro. Uh, the retro comes in a, a Super Nintendo or a N64 size box, as you can see on the screen there. It comes yeah. with bonuses. It's got vinyl uh, stickers, which are like the fathead stickers. You can make your own custom artwork. You got the soundtrack. You get an enamel pin. Uh, you got a lot of stuff. And even in our standards, you're getting uh, slipcases, you're getting uh, the manual, like you're talking about, you know, full color manuals, like 30 page manuals. And one of the cool things you're getting is a challenge card. Uh, the challenge card contains art on one side and on the back side, it contains a challenge. And these challenges are right from the developer. And if you accomplish the challenge that the developer tasks you with, you post it on social media, uh, tag us and send us an email with your information, your address, your order, and, and where you linked the, the challenge completion, we will mail you a patch like I'm wearing for free. It's our way of saying thank you for completing the challenge and the developer's way of also saying thank you. So no, no cost. We just want you to play. We want you to have fun. Right. Um, the second game we have is Rain on Your Parade. Rain Your Parade is in the same vein, we're talking PlayStation here, Katamari Damacy, uh, Untitled Goose Game, and it, it's in that kind of quirky, fun style game. So you play a cardboard cloud suspended by strings, and you go around each level, truly different objectives to ruin people's day. Uh, you can strike <laughs> them with lightning bolts, you can you know, rain on them, you can you know, do uh, tornadoes. Uh, you just have a whole bunch of different objectives to have fun in this crazy zany world. Uh, light things on fire, you know. Like you, you it's a really anarchy. fun game. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's also references like Metal Gear Solid, Legend of Zelda, The Office. You know, there's a ton of pop culture references in this uh, game. Uh, truly fantastic. And one cool thing is whenever we release our games, we, we're talking about preservation. We want to make sure that the games are complete on cart. So Rain Your Parade, actually, there's paid DLC. Um, that's coming on the cart. So you're getting the whole game. Wonderling, Sweet. when we wow. signed it, we waited for the DX update so that you're getting all the extra levels, all the extra content they added. Um, that's what we strive to do because we believe truly in preservation. Um, so it's $50 right now for the standards, uh, 70 for the retros we have. Uh, and, you know, we have our Series 3 that just started shipping. And they look 
amazing with the, we have brand new slip covers that we just did um full color we got some foil going on we, we really love foil um we're really big on being like working designs in that sense we really want to give these packages some love and we also introduced something new with series three and also series four if you pre-order with us during this window on premiumeditiongames.com as a free bonus just a free bonus we're throwing in custom dog tags so each game gets their own custom dog tag like i have here cathedral um oh, these cool. are printed on here these are not a sticker these are custom printed dog tags just our way of little way of saying thank you uh and right now on the website we actually have a chain with our or with some of our earlier series titles and you can collect your patches and you can collect your dog tags um just little fun things just little you know we want to have fun because video games are supposed to be fun and one of the main things with the patches is you know we talked about backlogs I'm doing this all the time. I buy a game, I put it on the shelf, and then I don't get around to playing it. We, because we go slowly, all of these games are curated. They're games we, as, as a team, love, and we think you will love them too. So we want you to open them up. We want you to experience what these developers have done because th there's so many games every single week, it's impossible to play them all. And these are ones that we, we really think that everybody's going to enjoy. And uh, that does are out right now. We have some great stuff coming down the road that we announced in our direct. We've got the Premium Edition Classic Series, which takes 10 aftermarket NES titles. These are from passionate developers. These are games that are playable on the NES right now. Um, okay. You know, way, way later on, you know, these are custom games designed for the NES. But we're putting them on yeah. the Switch in one cart. And you can play them all um just it's okay. one one game um you get to play over 10 games on the physical uh it's a lot of fun uh and these are again these are all passionate developers who grew up loving video games that are, just want to make video games they want to release them on a system that means a lot to them the nes uh, and we also teased for series five which is coming later this year uh raji uh the enhanced edition of raji if you've never seen raji raji is a phenomenal isometric god of war style game it is just so beautiful, told in Indian mythology. Uh, and, and one of the things we do is we, we work with the developers. So every edition you see, this is what the developers want. They tell us, we want this in the retro edition. Okay, we're going to make it happen. We, we, we run all the art pieces. We don't reuse art pieces. We run them all by the developers. Uh, and they will give the approval. They say, yes, this is the video game that I've dreamed of having on my shelf. Uh, and we've tried to make that happen for them. So we awesome. wouldn't be here without these amazing developers we work with, nor the amazing community that we do work with. So if you like physical games and you've never heard of us, give us a look. And if you have any of your supporter already, thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. We are very, very much appreciative because we wouldn't exist without the amazing community. There you wow. go. Now, I mean, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's just an incredible, I mean, top to bottom. That's that's awesome and incredible. And, and you mentioned not just the preservation of games, but... I think another kind of forgotten piece of this, right, and you mentioned is the high-quality uh, artwork box, the experience, the inserts, right? And, and tell us a little bit, Barry, from your experience, you know, how does that add to the experience of gaming? Like the moment you buy it, you open it, you get to, you have that physical media that supports the game you're about to play. I feel like that that's an, an added experience that you're not getting anymore. Uh, I agree. Um, I'm a physical collector, so I don't really buy digital games. Uh, I will wait. I will wait a year or two, whatever I have to, to get a physical version because I prefer to, to have my stuff that way. I prefer to own it. Um, you know, I do play digital games, and I think there's a market for digital games, of course. 
<clears throat> but it's the digital only. You know, we've seen it with, I mentioned before about the PlayStation Portable uh, store going down. Those games are gone. Uh, now now Sony kind of holds them to you. Like, oh, want that? Want to play them? Premium tier. Um, you know, there was a backlash with the PS3 and the Vita. You know, Nintendo is just shutting down the Wii U and the 3DS, and people are scrambling buying. They're like, oh, I have yeah. to buy this game or I can't buy it again. That's a terrible way to buy a game under duress. You should buy a game under duress because you have to. You should buy a game because you want to play it. And with these games being lost, you know to time that sucks because there's a lot of hard work done by these developers and and you know passion and everyone should have access and in some form or capacity to play these games and we really feel that's important and we also we grew up in the the 80s we grew up with going to toys r us and buying a game you know getting in the car and opening it up and reading the manual on the way home and when you go to school the next day you know bringing the manual in and showing your friends how cool this game is because there was no internet for us back then that was our internet uh we think that is an art that is lost so we try and bring that back you know we we, we give the full manual we give the the added you know levels of the artwork because every piece is a brand new canvas and there's so many great art pieces that people don't even look at and some people don't care and that's fine too but we want the presentation and we are always looking to raise the bar you know and that's what we're seeing and that's what we're doing with with our current releases which which are higher quality than even our early releases and we just we always want to raise that bar for the developers and uh, just have fun with it and we think based on the reaction we've seen people love to see quality physical and it pains me to see like triple a titles uh, nintendo is 100 percent guilty of this you get the game you open up it's white on the inside there's no manual it's literally just a cart it's like yep. the cheapest they could mm-hmm. do and they're charging 60 dollars and that's what you're getting and it's like uh, look the game's fantastic don't get me wrong but your presentation sucks like yep. do something show some love to this franchise show some love to the developers show some love to the fans you know, people buy collector's editions because they love these series. So all of our standards are mini collector's editions because we love these games. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I love about premium edition that I, I haven't seen a lot of other, you know, limited uh, edition release physical games uh, you know, companies that have, that have popped up in the last five or so years do is these challenge patches. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm, I'm guessing that's a callback to like the Atari years. Right. And it was something that. Uh, a lot of millennials and, and younger haven't really had a chance to experience of this era where a game would come with this, you know, brochure that was like, hey, if you can get X score and send us, you know, a photograph proving that you did it, we'll send you a patch. Is that where you got the inspiration for that? Actually, yes. It's from the old Activision days and the Atari. Um, yeah. we, we all thought it was a great idea and we're shocked that it, it died. Like, why did that die? Why is no one else doing that? So we yeah. even go above and beyond with that because we do an unboxing patch too. We say, you know what? Maybe the challenge might be too difficult or you haven't gotten to yet. But if you do an unboxing video, show everybody what we what we put in our packages, we will send you an unboxing period uh, patch for free. Again, just another free thing. And each series gets its own. Like, this is the Series 1 patch. It's our logo. The Series 2 patch... Uh, is the logo, but a Nintendo Power. Oh, series cool. 3 has yeah. a brand new patch. Series 4 is going to have a patch. So every series has an unboxing patch. So if you want to collect them all, you can collect them. And what's cool is that the patches are not universal in the sense of shape. You know, you got the square ones, like Mighty Fight Federation is here from Series 3. You know, Cathedral has a slightly different shape. And then you got Phenotopia, which is a completely different shape as well. And all of them have names, if you notice, 
And those are right from the Activision, right? The River Raiders and stuff like that. We said, let's do that. Let's bring that back. Not only are you getting a patch, but you're also getting a title. You know, Mighty Fighter, Turtle Power, The Gatekeeper, Super Shopper. You know, like you're getting these titles to uh, can really show it off. And, and absolutely, we, we, we thought that was a great idea. And, and so, still, All it's right. amazing that no one does it anymore. <laughs> I know you probably can't tell us, but can you give us any clues to what what the Series Four Premium Edition patch may look like? Can you can you give us our listeners any any clues? The unboxing patch for Series Four has not been created yet, so no, I can't. I don't oh, even know. Okay. It it hasn't. Okay. The, that unboxing patch has not happened. Series Three, absolutely, um, but we haven't we haven't figured that out yet, and that's that's a fun aspect of it is trying to come up with something um, to really you know, drive home like, yeah, this is for this series. And this is something that sells for this series. Like, you know, it, it goes along with, uh, and I haven't, I haven't seen the challenges for series four either, to be honest with you. I don't even know what they're going to be. Um, I, I hope I've done them already, but if not, I have to go back and, and do more. Um, <laughs> because that's one of the things is we, we don't want the challenge to be too difficult Then no one does it. We don't want it to be too easy. Like, like some trophies, like boot up the game trophy. Like, no, like you've got to do something. Yeah. yeah, like exactly. <laughs> but it's gotta be something fun. Like super blood hockey. We had to like, you had to kill a player in franchise. And we have all these different fun ways people are dying and people are showing it. And, and we've noticed it gets the developers a lot of extra attention. They get tagged in on it. They they see people enjoying their game, which I think is one of the best things you can have if you're a developer, see people enjoy your product. Um, and, and that's the fun of it. It's something shared. People enjoy it. And people start, oh, you did the chat. I could do it too. You know, like, and, and then we, we have people in the community, like hunting. I want to be the first. Who's going to be the first? You know, new series. I want to be the first to do it and, you know, <laughs> show it off. And it's, it's really created a different type of community, which is, uh, I think, a positive one. And I hope, you know, I hope people enjoy it. I really do because it's a labor yeah. of love. Yeah, an important uh, important thing to do in today's day and age, and also important that you know we support the uh, the the manufacturers like Nintendo um, and then platforms that allow for companies like this to exist and to, and to make these kind of products. So uh, great stuff as always, Barry. To our listeners and viewers, you can go to premiumeditiongames.com uh, and take a look at uh, at the those series four offerings and a whole lot more. That link will be in our description or show notes if you are listening. Barry, you know, every time you come on the show, man, I've got my credit card information on standby. You, <laughs> you sell games easy, man. <laughs> You're good at what you do. <laughs> I, you know what? It's not me. I don't get any of the credit. Really, it's the developers. I don't, I don't program these games. I wish I could. I wish I was yeah. talented. I've always dreamed of making my own game. Um, so I have to settle for, you know, publishing it for other people who are far more talented than I am, and I'm okay with that. Uh, really, it's the developers. These guys are rock stars. And, you know, we talked about the rise of the indie. These guys are stellar at what they do and they create some truly phenomenal titles and we've, we've seen the reaction and they've seen the reaction and and if you haven't played them you know like wonderling has a demo we talked about demos earlier wonderling has a demo give it a try see if you like it i don't think rain has but it was on game pass and i see in the comments a lot of people liking rain on your parade it's yeah, a, a yeah. lot of fun mm-hmm yeah, I got a lot of press when it came out there. I mean, it was on Game Pass for a while, so yeah, a lot of people got a chance, myself included, to play it. So, awesome. Well, Barry, thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, we'll have to take a look at uh, what you got coming down the pipeline. We're waiting for that uh, that patch release, man. We want to see it. <laughs> I, once once I have it, <laughs> tag I, us. I will I will absolutely yeah. tag you in that. Absolutely, okay, definitely. 
Awesome. All right. And to our listeners and viewers, make sure to stop by our website. That is quitthebuild.com. Uh, we've got so much going on right there with uh, with the blog, all sorts of great, just uh, diverse gaming articles, opinions, topics, a lot happening. Our community tab is going to link you up with everything we have going on here at Quit the Build, uh, all of our different uh, social media presences. We got a, we got a TikTok. We got a Twitter. We got a YouTube. You, already, you most likely know we have the YouTube if you're watching right now. Um, and of course, we have a Discord. Shout out to Discord Lord Terry holding it down there making things happen, posting all of those spicy memes, as they Dang say. memes. <laughs> Terry's got them. Yes, he does. Oh, they gave me the soundboard, Brad. We're in trouble now. Oh, my. Uh, we're falling. <laughs> we're right, the roller coaster's falling off quick, Nick. Until next time, right here on the QTB Podcast, for Brad and Barry, I'm Nick. For Barry and Nick, I'm Brad. For Nick and Brad, I'm Barry. Nailed it. Peace say out. It. What it do. 